Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Emmanuel Sova. Welcome to Profit Strategies. Persevere even when you think it's all over podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. This is my very first episode and I'm super nervous. But deep down in my bones and my heart, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And let me know what you think about the name. I'm hoping to get feedback from all of you to take the time to listen so that I can continue to learn and improve for you. In this episode, I want to take you guys behind the scenes on what's happening and has happened in my world. Because sometimes you see the outside facade and me smiling like, hey, I'm working with celebrities. But I want you guys to feel the pain with me. I want to walk you through the journey that I go through. So I'm going to share with you today my story of how I almost went bankrupt and had to give up my kids here as soon as we get back from the intro song. You may be wondering a little bit about how I came to be here with you today. Let me tell you a quick story about the time I almost went bankrupt and had to give up my kids. At the time, I was trying to grow my brick and mortar and and learn to expand into the online space so that I can grow my business from six figures to seven figures and even eight figures. I was struggling with my brick and mortar. It's massive $35,000 monthly expense, maintaining and being there for my coaching clients and family all at the same time. And I was getting more and more sick, frustrated and behind all my bills. Then something really bad happened. My marketing tactics that I paid thousands of dollars to learn from a business coach stopped working all of a sudden. And, and they couldn't even help me figure out how to solve it. I was stuck for months trying to figure it out on myself, which meant I couldn't continue to pay my massive expenses and spend money on marketing to bring in new sales so that I can pay my massive expenses. As you can imagine, I was in bad shape and desperate, but I wasn't ready to give up on my dream of growing my business to make a fortune so that I can provide a wonderful lifestyle for my children as a single father of two and showing them what life is about. Helping others in need and building a legacy that continues to give back even long after we're gone. And I could spend more time with my kids and ultimately become a philanthropist so that I can travel the world and feed people. I truly believe that my responsibility aren't the three to seven people around me. My responsibility is the eight billion plus people in this world. A lot of people tell me that I shouldn't bear that burden, that I shouldn't wear that heavy weight on my shoulders, but I do. I've always been that way since I was a little kid. All right, so let me back up a little bit and kind of tell you tell you how got to this point. So back in 2010, I, I, was, I was morbidly obese. Uh, I was trying to, 
uh, actually, even before 2010, it was like the end of 2009. I was I was morbidly obese. I was trying to trying to get my life together because back then I was, to be honest, I was really broke. I did try to open up my business and stuff, but you know I was young, I was inexperienced, I didn't know much, and um, <laughs> I was morbidly obese. My marriage isn't working out too well. I got two kids and I decided, hey, you know, what do I have to lose? I'm going to go join the military. And so I went, took the ASVAB test because I I wanted to be in the Air Force um, Reserve. And so so I went ahead and um, I, I, I took the test and I passed. I passed with flying colors. I think I got like a 74, 70 something. And they told me I could pick any job that I want. So so I did that, picked the job. And the guy's like, all right, let's go ahead and get you measured for MEPS. So he measures me and he, <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, I'm sorry, sir, but can't do this job. You're too fat. And I'm like, what? What the hell is is MEP uh, is a boot camp for? And he's like, well, um, well, for this job, <laughs> you got to already be fit. And but we have some other jobs that we can you, that you can select and um, select from. And, and we go sit down and we take a look at the different jobs that he has and had something about shoveling coal. You know, not that shoveling coal is a bad job, but it's not a job that I was that I wanted to sign up for. Um, you know, I, I already met with all of these different um, military men from the different companies. And, you know, with all of the hoorah and the motivational stuff that they tell you, I was ready to go to war and fight for my country. I did not want to die shoveling coal in a boat. So um, I said, uh, well, what can we do? He said, well, what's going to have uh, what's going to happen is uh, you're going to have to lose. You're going to have to lose about um, I think it was um, I, I can't remember the percentage that I need to lose, but I need to drop down to 23 percent body fat. And it was a lot. I was, I was like 245 pounds, 40 two inches around the waist like I was really out of weight to to give you an idea I'm I'm 58 my ideal body weighs about 150 when I'm at my leanest um you know I'm very muscular I weigh about 180 pounds and so <laughs> 245 pounds I'm 60 pounds overweight and it was just a lot so um so anyways uh, just to kind of go through this real quick I ended up going back home, working out, trying to practice, testing for it. And in 30 days, I dropped 20 pounds. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I just barely made the minimum requirements to go to MEPS. He's like, all right, let's get you measured for MEPS. And I said, all right, cool. And as we're walking towards the table, the hairs on the back of my neck sticks up and <laughs> I start 
thinking about it and I'm thinking about my kids and I'm like, I don't know if I can leave my kids. And I kind of started falling in love with this whole exercise thing. I was joking around about being a personal trainer and, you know, everybody called me fluffy. My kids called me fluffy. And, um, you know, I was I was loving the fact that that wasn't going to be me anymore. And um, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to stick to my passion, which was fitness. And in 60 days um, or 90 days, I ended up dropping 60 pounds and um, 10 inches around the waist. Ended up getting really, really close to a six pack. I could flex and see it. Uh, I could brush my teeth and see my biceps. And so, um, you know, I was happy with it. But the thing was, my marriage still wasn't working. In fact, it was at its all time low. And, you know, the, the worst thing happened to me was that I had to come to the realization that I, I needed to leave my kids. And what brought me to that decision was the fact that I literally got on my knees and begged my wife at the time to work things out with me so that we can do right by our kids. And her answer to me was, you ain't shit, you ain't never gonna be shit. I immediately stopped crying. I went about my day for two weeks. I spoke to my kids and I told them that I was gonna have to leave for work. Now at this point, they were kind of used to me leaving, leaving for work a couple of weeks at a time because I was a contractor for DirecTV at the time. So I traveled a lot. And so, you know, I let them know that I was gonna be leaving for work and we went to bed that night. I laid next to her, laid next to my wife. She didn't suspect a thing took the ring off her finger, got in the car, and I left. And I never came back. During that time while I was gone, I was working for a film company out in Washington, D.C., and things were great. I was looking good. I was starting to act a little bit, produce, direct. I'm working for this company who's supposed to, you know, be, we're, we're filming a pilot for HBO. HBO funded the project and we're doing a, a, an amazing job. And then payday comes around, nobody gets paid. Payday comes around again, nobody gets paid. About $50,000 in the hole, nobody gets paid. And so, I unfortunately ended up homeless. What I ended up telling my kids was that um, I was out saving the world. And I, I uh, photoshopped a picture. Now my kids, my daughter is about two years old. My son is about three, four years old. I photoshopped the, uh, a picture of myself inside of Iron Man so that... Um, <laughs> I can show them that I'm out saving the world. And for a few years, they actually believed that I was Iron Man. And so anyways, I'm here in Washington, D.C. I'm stuck. I'm homeless. Um, I, I asked my sister to allow me to stay with her for a couple of weeks. That didn't work out, that was short-lived. I ended up staying in my car during summertime. And I don't know if you've been to DC before, you live there, but 
D.C. gets really, really hot over the summer. And um, actually Googling different companies that will take me, fitness companies, that will take me without a certification because I'm broke, I'm hungry, I'm living inside of my car, and I don't have a way to get certified. And needless to say, somebody contacted me back. And it was a company that went by Beeland Sport and Fitness. And it was an outdoor boot camp and I'm excited. And the only thing that I knew at the time was P90X because that's what I used to get in the best shape of my life. Uh, and the crazy thing was when I was in North Carolina, um, my friend had it and he went ahead and burned the DVDs so he can um, give me them because I was too broke to be able to afford it. I stuck with it, crushed it. All right, so that's all I know. I go and I try it out and he loves it. He loves what I'm doing. He loves the energy. The class loves it. He hires me. Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to do this whole fitness thing. I'm, I'm a trainer. Oh snap. So it's, it's really happening, but I'm still in my car. It's 90 degrees, 98 degrees. I'm sweating. I have nowhere to shower, no way to eat, no money. I'm showing up to these uh, tryouts, having to run blocks on out with this guy and these clients. And, you know, he's putting me to the test, but I'm I'm just really focused on trying, not only because I really want to do this, but because I know that my kids need me. And I know that they need money. They need food. I need to take care of them. They're my responsibility. So I'm fighting everything, fighting all of those adversities and, and doing my best to get this job. He hires me. I'm in. He gives me one class three times a week, comes out to $25 per class. So I'm making $75 a week teaching these classes. It's going great. Um, and then he, uh, well, originally it was one class, then it was two class, then it was three classes. Now I'm starting to cancel. I'm, I'm, I'm calling out, I'm calling out tick. I'm telling them I can't make it last minute, you know, a few days before. And finally he gets sick and tired. He gives me a call. He's like, Hey man, what's going on? I need to know what's going on. I'm gonna have to let you go. So I had to come clean. He didn't know that I was homeless and I was living in my car. Um, it, the, it was August by that time. This was around June, July when, um, yeah, it was actually around June when I started um, trying out for him and working for him. And now we're in like the middle of August. It's the hottest months. I don't have any money to, um, one, get to work, two, wash my clothes, three, eat. And I was very, I felt so disgusting, feeling the sweat dripping down my body, you know, smelling that must and sweatiness and, you know, sleeping in that nasty car. It was an old 91 Buick Regal and it was busted. Like you step on the brakes on a red light and the whole car starts shaking. And my legs used to catch a cramp because I used to have to press down on it so hard. 
And so I was embarrassed. I didn't want to go back to work smelling the way that I did, showing up in the same clothes every single day. And I told him I was homeless. And he freaks out. He's like, hey, man, you should have told me I got a big house over here in Maryland. You know, I have an, uh, a, a basement. You can stay in the basement. Why don't you come stay for a week? And, you know, that way you could get your life together. And, you know, and then we'll go from there. And, all right. One week turned into a year, which was crazy. We became very good friends. I started teaching, um, uh, boot camped more often. You know, now I'm making like, oh no, a hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. It was <laughs> it was crazy. But I'm also now trading this guy money for rent, and the rest of the money that I have is still going to my children, and I barely ever have anything for myself. I literally had an air mattress a TV and these little bugs that kind of look like spiders and crickets put together that would just magically appear when I wake up in the middle of the night, there'll be a bunch of them just standing on my chest, staring at me and, and looking at me weird. <laughs> and so that's all I had. And anyways, it's about, I want to say January, February of the following year. This is uh, 2010. January, February of the following year in 2011. I'm driving in my 91 Buick Regal with the bald tires and the little pimples on the tires that looks like it's getting ready to pop. It looked like nipples kind of, and they look like they're just getting ready to pop. They're bald. There's no grip at all. It's snowing outside. Not that much, but in Washington, D.C., not too many people can't drive. If you're from Washington, D.C., I apologize about that, but not too many people can drive. Now, um, what happened was I'm going down the street and this guy loses control, hits me in the back, breaks my axle. The car can't move anymore, and now I'm shit out of luck because, you know, um, I'm living in Maryland. The work is in D.C. I got to find a way to get there. The metro is uh, like two miles away. Uh, it's really hard to get from his house to the metro. The timing isn't right. Not for the times I need to be at boot camp. And so he has to talk with me. Hey, bro, can't hold this weight for you. You're going to have to get a real job. So I uh, start looking for personal training jobs, um, which at this point, I still don't have my certification. So I ask him to lend me all of his PDFs from 2006 when he first became a personal trainer. So it's really old content. Every year they put out new stuff. So I start studying and um, looking for places to get a job. And um, one of the, two of the ones that I was looking for, one was called the Sports Club LA, not LA Fitness. The Sports Club LA was one of the most exclusive clubs in the country at the time. Equinox bought them out. Um, but also 
Vita, which in Washington, D.C. is another upscale uh, gym. Now, he tells me, hey, man, I've already applied for them a whole bunch of times. And, you know, they still haven't even hired me. And, you know, I don't you're, you're going to have a tough time because you don't meet the minimum requirement. And other trainers told me the same thing. But I said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to shoot for the best. I'll shoot for the stars. If I miss it, at least I land on the moon. It's better than missing the moon and landing on, or shooting for the moon and landing back on Earth. And so he's like, all right. So I go for my first interview. It goes well. They love me. Go to the second interview. I thought it went well. Then... Um, I get the call from the manager and, um, well, actually I did all three interviews. Yeah, I did three interviews. Um, but I got the call back from the manager and she tells me, Hey, unfortunately we, we're not going to be moving forward with you. We've selected the ones that we wanted to hire. Now there were 35 people that made it to this interview. Only two people got selected and um, it wasn't me. Uh, actually, it was one person that got selected and I, I wasn't included. The minimum requirements that they were looking for were somebody that had a degree in fitness in some way, shape or form like kinesiology and five years of experience plus a certification in NASM, which is like the Bentley is it's a very expensive certification. I didn't have any of those things. And so um, they call me up, they tell me no. Um, but <laughs> before all of that happened, before they called me and they told me no, I had already emailed them with um, my, my bio, my headshot, um, I asked them what time I should be there on Monday. I sent them all of my forms, the W-9, uh, I mean, W-2 form, all of the stuff that I needed to send them. Um, and so two days later, they called me back and they're like, you know what? We changed our mind. Um, I, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but we want to try you out. And she said, in the years I've been doing this, I never had anybody do that. We're going to try you out. Come out. So they hired me. And within my first three months there, I got nominated as one of the top 10 trainers there. I didn't know anything. I swear to you, I didn't know anything when I went in there. They didn't even know how to use the equipment. I literally used to as I'm walking up to the equipment with my client, I would be reading the instructions on the equipment so that I can tell them what to do and act as if I already knew what I was doing. And so that's how experienced, inexperienced I was. But the one thing that I did have was the hunger, the drive, the drive to give my children a better life. It's been about a year. This is June of 2011 and I don't have my kids. You know, when, when my kids, I was there for my kids before they were even born. And when they were born, they slept in my arms every single day and night. When I started traveling, it was only two weeks at a time. But when I was there, they laid in my arms. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I didn't mention was that when I did leave my kids for six months, six months, 
I had nightmares. I woke up in the middle of the night crying. I sat there fighting myself, crying all night. One time, my friend Corey, the guy that I was working for, Beeland Sport and Fitness, heard me crying, screaming in the middle of the night out of nowhere. And he ran down the stairs because he thought something was happening. And it was me crying because I was having nightmares about my daughter um, getting kidnapped and killed because I wasn't there to protect her. I was having nightmares about me never ever seeing my kids again or me not being able to be there for them. There were days when I literally woke up with my arms bent as if they were still in my arms. There were days when I would wake up and go cook, cook breakfast, and call them and then realize that they weren't even there. And that was tough. So, when I tell you that I had the drive and I had the hunger. I wanted my kids. I wanted to be their father again. I wanted to be a man. And so I went as hard as I can go. And within three months, and in DC, it's an affluent neighborhood where this is. And in DC, every summertime, all gyms, lose traffic because they're wealthy. They leave for about a month or two. And during the slowest season in the fitness business, I was able to sell out training, get people on the waiting list, and be nominated as one of the top 10 trainers in this in at the club, which was... It's a 100,000 square foot gym. There's about 42 trainers in there and um, or 47 trainers in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm this new guy and there's some really good people there. Really good people. One of them was Abdul Kareem Al-Jabbar, the football player. He played for the Miami Dolphins. He was a great mentor of mine. He mentored me the entire time I was there. And um, so anyways, from there, um, things started picking up. Management put me in charge of helping the trainers do sales because I was selling so much. I did $50,000 in sales in one quarter. Um, one of the CEOs flew out to Washington, D.C. from Boston, and, and she wanted to meet me, um, which was pretty cool. Like These are all experiences that I'm having. Um, oh, and by the way, um, I did end up getting that certification, but um, <laughs> I only had a piece of paper on my second interview that showed that I passed the test. I didn't actually get the certification until like a couple of weeks after I got hired, which is the craziest thing ever. Um, and so anyways, um, I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of sales. There's a big change up in management. Some new guys come in. Um, you know, I'm doing good. 
I'm, I think I, at that time I was making about $3,300 every two weeks. Um, you know, it's just me and the kids. I ended up opening up a business called Body Sculpting by Manual, um, January of 2012, but I was doing it part-time. My main business or my main job was the Sports Club LA. In 2013, I get nominated... I got nominated for best personal trainer in Washington, D.C., and I sent out this email blast to everybody um, and everybody. And, I, and when I say everybody, I'm talking about management, um, the, the new management, um, all of my clients to let them know that I got nomin- nominated and vote. Um, and two weeks later. I got called into the office. Apparently, they flew in uh, um, HR and they fired me. They fired me because supposedly I was soliciting votes and I wasn't because I didn't ask for money. I was telling people to vote for me and it had the Sports Club LA name in there. It was good publicity for everybody, but for some reason, I got fired. Two months later, I won. I won best personal trainer of Washington, D.C. Now, the thing is, I was happy because it was the kick in the butt that I needed to finally go all in into my business and not trying to like balance, you know, working a full time job and slowly building up my business. But I did miss all of my clients there. And I also miss getting to meet a lot of people, a lot of celebrities. You know, I got to meet P. Diddy while I was there, Patrick Ewing. I got to train uh, Mike Epps. And there was a lot of stuff. I, I even trained um, Taylor Swift's backup dancers. Like, it was it was some really cool stuff. It was a great experience. It definitely taught me a lot. And it, and it excelled me in where I needed to go. But now I'm stuck. I don't have a steady income stream coming in. My rent's really high because I just, um, oh, and by the way, uh, so that you guys know, when I got the job, I actually got custody of the kids. They went, um, I I called their mom up. I told them I got a new place. Uh, It was a nice little luxury condo. Um, I, I got them accepted into a really nice school and I got custody of them. So since June 2011, the kids been living with me full time. And so they came out to live with me um, around that time. Uh, I, I was still kind of, um, you know, not in a good place. So during that summertime, they stayed with my mom. But then they came and stayed with me full time once I moved into the new condo and they started a new school. So that was that was another big win for me. So now I got um, I, I was named best personal trainer in Washington, D.C. by Washington uh, City Paper. It was reader's choice. So, you know, all of those people out there that voted for me. Thank you. And things just started like accelerating uh, really, really fast. At first, those first three months, I was really, really scared because I had no money and I needed to find a way to come up with 10 grand or I was going to get evicted. And it happened. I can't 
tell you exactly what I did, but it happened. Um, I ended up training, um, you know, Miss DC for Miss America, Miss USA, Miss International. I started training other celebrities. Um, I started, you know, teach my boot camp was growing. I started subleasing from different gyms. I think um, I started at like a little thousand square foot uh, facility that that I uh, was training in, and and. Then I outgrew that one, had to go to a 3,000 square foot one, then outgrew that one that was in a 20,000 square foot one. Outgrew that one pretty much, and um, and then ended up in another gym, um, which was about the same size, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, didn't outgrow that one, but it was starting to conflict with the business owners uh, business because everybody wanted to sign up for my program and they were asking the questions he didn't like. Um, but you know, he's a good friend of mine. So he gave me a space. It was actually my, my very first space, but it was a short term lease for six months, but it was my own space. And that gave me time to finally get my own brick and mortar studio. And so, um, the crazy thing was that I, it, DC is so expensive that in order for you to get a space out here, nine out of 10 times, you're going to have to be producing about a million dollars a year or more, unless you're getting some type of little, little cubicle office or something like that, which isn't what I needed. I needed an actual big space. And so, um, Nobody was willing to do it because I wasn't there yet. I made six figures, multiple six figures, but I wasn't in in seven figure range, at least not for the last three years either. And so um, everybody was telling me no. But there was one place that I found through a client of mine um, that I really, really loved. And I just kept calling it for three months. I kept saying that's where we're going to go, telling my clients we're getting close to the lease coming up. And I'm just telling them that's where we're going to go. And the guy's like, nope, nope, nope. November 15th is the day that we need to move out. It's the day that we need to move out. And we're now in November. The lease was up the month before. The guy's doing construction in there. And he's allowing us to still operate while he's slowly doing construction around us. My clients are starting to worry, but I'm like, no worries. We got that space on 14th Street. 1748 14th Street, we're going to be there. And uh, I called this guy up the week before because I'm like, hey, man, you know, can I can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can we grab some lunch? It's on me. He's like, hey, dude, look, man, stop bothering me. We're not interested. You're too little. We got a law firm that's going to sign up for it, and they're going to do it. We're not going to waste our time with you. We're not worried. We're good. Stop calling me. Lose my number. This is my client that introduced me to the other guy. So he's the middleman. This is what he's telling me. So I tell him... I said, um, all right, so, uh, you, know, I, you know, I can't actually remember exactly what I said, but I was able to manage to keep him on the phone for an entire hour and a half. It was uh, about an hour and a half. 
And we're on there and I'm just like overcoming any objection that he's giving me. And I'm like just just pushing through it, persevering. You know, I was studying Grant Cardone at the time. So I'm Grant Cardone it, and I'm going through the whole conversation. And then he's like, all right, you know what? I tell you what, I'm going to give him a call one more time. I'm going to try one more time. And if he tells me no, lose my number. Don't ever contact me again. I said, all right. Calls me back three hours later when, when we hung up the phone. I swear, right then and there, I prayed. I put my hands together and I started praying. But he said, calls me back three hours later. He said, okay, we're going to do the deal. Oh, shit. This is happening for real. It's legit happening. We're doing this. I'm getting my real brick and mortar space on one of the hottest strips in Washington, D.C. Already pre-built. The guy spent about a million dollars on it. And all I got to do is go sign this lease on Friday. This is Monday. And he asked me for $30,000 in order to sign that lease. And I'm like, oh, snap. At least I got a yes. I didn't have $30,000. But <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're going to do it. All right, I'll be there Friday because on, on the 15th, that Saturday, I had to be out. So I start trying to find different ways to come up with $30,000. And I did. I did it in a week and I was able to go ahead give him $30,000 <laughs> I never held on to a check so tight in my life I gave him the $30,000 he gave me the keys I signed the agreement it was about 5:56 at night well it was getting dark because it's it's November and um and I remember we got boot camp Super early in the morning on Saturday. We got to be there at 7 a.m. for measurements. We got boot camp at 9. Oh, my God. How am I going to do this? I got to move the equipment, all of that stuff. I signed the lease, hired somebody to help me move the stuff. We moved the stuff to the space. That didn't work out. That almost turned into a fight. Um, so he only moved half of the stuff. I had to move the rest of the stuff, pulled the all-nighter, made it happen, taught boot camp that next day. I'm in my official space. Boom. Now, we got in there. Things are going good. I got a new business coach who, you know, built the eight-figure business in like nine months. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm going to do everything that I'm going to tell them to do. My business is growing. My finances are growing. Um, you know, everything's, everything's doing good. Now, just to put things into perspective, DC is extremely excess, uh, expensive. It's almost as if Dr. Evil came up with the prices and he was like, I want $1 million. <laughs> That's how DC is priced. Uh, so for my space, I was paying $11,000 a month for a $2,500, uh, I mean, 2,500 square foot facility, 500 square feet is what I was actually using <laughs> for fitness. Um, and so, um, and I could have used another 600, but I didn't have the money to put in the floors and stuff for it. So 
I only used about 500 and um, and that was just the rent. That didn't include everything else. Hells, even personal life, like a one bedroom apartment goes for about 2,500 a month. So, and I got two kids, right? So like it gets really expensive really fast. My monthly expenses was $35,000 a month just to break even and keep the doors open. And so, um, and it didn't start that way. It started growing, you know, it got higher and higher because now, you know, I got my, my executive assistant, I got four trainers, I got, you know, people working for me. And so it's, it, it started getting more and more expensive. I got ad spend. I'm spending about, um, you know, $700 a week on coaching from this coach, plus flying out to go to the mastermind and doing all of this stuff. And everything's going great. Then comes June, June of 2018, boom, everything stops. I'll be honest, April, May, it was starting to slow down. But coach says, push through it, spend more money, put more money behind it. So I did that. Nope, it stopped. My money was going out the window. I was not profitable anymore. And so I started trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I'm contacting my coach, contacting the support team. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to tell me. They don't know what's going on. Turns out that other gyms are going through the same thing and they don't know what the problem is. And I damn sure don't know what the problem is or how to solve it. But I'm stuck in my fitness business while this guy's making money. I'm still paying my dues to him because I need his help. Um, And I'm trying to do everything that I can. I'm over here freaking (laughs) having heart attacks and like trying to figure out how to, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, because at this point my money's going out faster than I'm pulling it in. You know, I'm spending four or $5,000 a month on just ad spend. And I wasn't getting any of that back, maybe a couple of hundred dollars. And so, you know, the bills are just piling up faster, you know, faster and faster. Now, the good thing is I was following this profit first model. So I had money, you know, in certain spaces and I could move it around and I was able to buy time. But at the end of the day, you know, my my bills were starting to stack up very, very fast, especially with the rent, because you're talking about $11,000 a month, you know, plus utilities, plus any fees if I don't pay on time. And so that started catching up. By the time I know it, with fees and, um, and, and utilities and all of that stuff, I'm like 60 grand in the hole. It was crazy. And it's now November. My coach's team still haven't figured it out. I'm still sitting there struggling. I'm going through problems. My love life isn't working out. My children aren't happy. I'm not happy. My clients are starting to see the stress that I'm under. I'm starting to grow gray hairs. I'm freaking out. So... Instead of sitting there relying on everybody else, 
to figure this out for me, even though I'm paying them to figure. That's what they're there for, right? They got. I'm paying them to figure this out for me. Find your who, not your how, right? That's what you learn. And it's true. You do got to find your who, not your how. You just got to learn how to find the right who. So what I ended up doing was sitting there and just pulling all nighters, figuring it all out by myself, doing research, trying to study, trying to figure out what can I, what can I um, improve? What is not working for me? I'm asking questions from new clients, uh, new prospects, whether I close them or I don't close them. I'm asking, um, you know, uh, other gym owners, you know, what, what, what issues are they facing? What were they able to re- resolve? I even rebranded my entire company, created a new logo, new website, um, created a website that had all of my different photos tied into it and just doing crazy amount of stuff, created, um, uh, posters and, um, you know, I was just like doing everything that I could freaking think of that will help me improve my business. Now, the good thing is, is that I, it actually started working. It started working. Um, it was a slow tick because I didn't have any money to launch it all. So I had to go organic and hope that people found me. I had a good name in Washington, DC. So people find me anyways. So that was good. People are looking there jumping onto a website. I'm starting to close people. I'm starting to realize that I could charge a little bit more money. I'm doing high ticket. It's getting better. I'm showing results. I'm delivering results. I put a better program together. I'm pitching it a little bit different. Instead of, you know, selling memberships, now I'm selling coaching. And it was just amazing. I And, and during that time frame, I did find another coach. Uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I think it lasted a week. That didn't work out. It was just a waste of money. Around December 8th, I get a letter from the landlord. He's like, hey, man, you got to dip out. You need to get out because my lease is already up. I only signed a one-year lease. My lease is already up. I missed two months of payment. And he's like, hey, man, like you, you got to get out. I'm going to take you to court. Why don't we just finish? Why don't we just sign the paperwork now saying that we're going to like when we go to court, like you're not going to fight this. Like we're going to we're going to go ahead and just, you know, part ways. So I said, all right, cool. I, I signed the paperwork. You know, I know that that, you know, court's coming. We're going to go discuss me not paying rent. But I'm hoping that my strategies are going to work. I'm going to be able to pay this guy on time. Um, and so it starts working. Now I'm, I'm starting to catch up. Keep in mind about $60,000 in a hole at this time, but things started turning for me doing 15. First, it was like $4,000 a week. Then it was 10,000 Then it was $15,000 a week. And now it's starting to consistently come. Then I'm, I, I start marketing. I start running traffic and it's starting to work. And it's getting, it, it's like, oh my God, it's happening. January comes around, that letter comes. Oh man. 
It was crazy. My heart sunk into my stomach. My knees got weak. I damn near fell on the floor. I was shaking. I started sweating profusely. I was, I mean, my mouth got dry. I never felt uh, cotton mouth before. Like, it was crazy. Well, actually, I, that's a lie. I did feel that one time. I, <laughs> I was on the news in front of 54 million people, and it was my first time, and nobody explained anything to me, and I blanked out. Uh, speed fast past that. <laughs> I, I can't remember my name. It was bad. And no, I'm not going to show you guys the video because um, I still can't watch it without fainting. And so, so anyways, um, so I get the letter, says, hey, look, you, uh, we got to show up court end of the month. That month is doing really good for me. I'm stacking up the money, but I'm not paying him just in case I got to get out because if I got to leave, I got to refund all of my clients back. So we get to court and I'm like, hey, look, dude, I got at least two months of your money. Uh, he's like, no, just rather have you leave. You know, it'll be easier for me to get to my pay. I'm like, yeah, you know, I try to explain things, but, you know, people are in it for themselves. And, you know, it's his business. Like, it's the way that it's supposed to work. I respect that because I have a business I expect to get paid as well. Um, and so, you know, we I tried to negotiate. wasn't working. So um, I'm doing everything that I can. It's now February 15th. By this time, I came up with the money. I was able to get rid of the money that I owed him. Um, but the problem is I was so deep in the hole with so many different things that even though I was able to wipe the slate clean with him, I wasn't able to give him the extra that he wanted to renew the lease. So the good thing is I'm not in debt with him. The bad thing is, is now I'm faced with a business that has debt from loans that helped me get to the place that I was at. Um, you know, I have clients that has paid me for a year, you know, two years and I no longer have a facility to train them in. I have equipment. You know, I have contracts, I have all of these different things, but I don't have a place. And so, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is bankruptcy. Everybody starts talking about bankruptcy. And I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to bankrupt my business that's been profitable this entire time. I literally, I literally have been profitable since year one. I started my business from my first client that I got outside of the gym that paid me $800. I bought a laptop and I just been flipping that money ever since. And I had a rough patch for six months because, because I was given bad information. Bad information can damage your business for a very long time. So during this process, now 
just to kind of give you a heads up, DC definitely favors, um, you know, tenant. So I did have the the option to like milk my stay there for six months, maybe, you know, maybe even longer. And that definitely would have given me time to, you know, crush the game and get out of the hole. But at the same time, as a man, a man of honor, of integrity, somebody who's trying to teach their kids, um, you know, to do the right thing, I, I couldn't stomach that. And the landlord is a really good guy, you know, has a really good heart. And he did his best, gave me, you know, my best chance, and it just didn't work out. But the biggest thing was, the biggest thing that ate at me was that during that time, I couldn't take care of me the way that I wanted to take care of me. That November, when I pulled those all-nighters, I pulled 15 in a month. That means I was up for half of the freaking month. I got so sick. I was growing gray hairs so fast. Like every other day, I was seeing a gray hair, new gray hair, you know? Gray hair in my nose, gray hair in my chin, gray hair in my beard, gray hair in my hair. Like that was crazy. And so um, I had to come to the realization that like, I figured this out, but I ran out of time. And even though I can buy more time, do I want to put myself through this struggle? Not being able to spend time with my family. Not being able to watch my children grow. And they're growing so fast. My daughter was three years old when she came back to live with me. My son was four. They're, at that time, they were, my daughter was 10. Yeah, she was nine. My daughter was nine or 10. And my son was, yeah, so she was 10. And my son was 12. Like, that much time has passed. I've been at this for nine years. And I had so much weight on my shoulders being there for my clients, staying on top of them, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do, listening to their problems, you know, trying to be there for them. That's what I love doing. I love helping. I love, you know, taking the pain and burden off of other people and just holding on to all of that weight. Um, that, that was it. My clients love me. That was one of the things that they love me. Clients would just sit sit after class and hang out and talk to me like that was the thing. But all of that stuff, I didn't realize like how much it beat me down, how much I was struggling. And a lot of times people didn't realize what I was going through. And there was a lot of people that didn't appreciate it. And then when, when it comes to like prospects and new clients, man, you got, they're the most work. You got to stay on top of them all of the time. And it was just a lot. It was a lot that was bearing on me at the time. And even though I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get myself out of this, I've learned all of these new strategies that's like working and it's so freaking easy. Like it's crazy the way that it was working for me. I realized that 
there were there were better ways to do this. Now, I was already trying to go into the online space, but I already had all of this weight on me, all of this research and studying that I had to do that was my coach's job. Um, and so I or at least I thought it was his job. And so I started, you know, um, uh so I, I started putting all those things together and trying to go into the online space, but I already got my brick and mortar that I got to be responsible for. So I couldn't really launch into the online space. And um, one of my gym buddies, he was already working on getting that set up. So I saw an opportunity where I can go ahead and expand into the online space and let go of the brick and mortar, not necessarily shut down my business. Just let go of the dead weight, let go of those big expenses, let go of the heartache and pain and go national so that I can help more people. Because at the same time, you know, I'm helping people in a one mile radius, maybe five miles at best, you know. And so my goal, my mission for my business was to help hundreds of thousands of people within four years. And I, I was nowhere near close to that goal. And so anyways, I decided, decided to let go of the brick and mortar. And because I was letting go of the money that I was making, it was about $60,000 a month because I had to let go of everything, refund some clients, um, you know, pay the landlord the money that I owe him, um, you know, move my stuff out of there, try to do what I got to do. Um, I ended up and I ended up <laughs> leaving my business, my my solid business that I spent nine years building. And literally the next week I had zero dollars coming in. Went from income to no income. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, Dad, what was better? Like what's better? Not having the expenses and no income or having the income and having the, the burden of all of the expenses. But I knew what I needed to do. I needed to be able to branch out there. One help my fellow gym owners that were going through the struggles that I was going through and showing them what I discovered because it worked for me. Now, I ran out of time, but that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, and um, I partnered up with my friend and we created Profits Unleashed Media. Then I discovered the secret method for building a solid and scalable profit foundation for your business. What business coaches don't teach you, right? They always only teach the one thing. At that point, everything changed. I discovered how to get your audience to do the heavy lifting for you and get you quality traffic fast. How to group the traffic into the right buckets so that you can increase your conversion rates consistently and funnel the right audience through the right strategy at the right time that it increases profits and not just revenue without letting anyone fall through the cracks. Because I discovered the secret method for building a solid and scalable profit foundation for your business, I was able to get my children back, make a huge difference in people's lives and in many different areas, use my passion for helping others to have a huge impact on the world. And now I'm living my dream of using the internet to make a fortune so that I can provide a wonderful lifestyle for my children as a single father of two and showing them what life is about. 
We're helping others in need and building a legacy that's going to continue to give back even long after we're gone. And I'm spending more time with my kids and working towards becoming a philanthropist so that I can travel the world and feed people. And that's why I'm sharing with you about profit strategies so you can experience using the internet to make a fortune so that I can provide a wonderful lifestyle for my children and doing my best to help people in need and giving back to the eight billion plus people in this world.